0: Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. We have tracked down Bill Crystal, who's on the road somewhere, on his way, no doubt, to an undisclosed location. Bill, thanks for your time.
1: Uh, on the Jersey Turnpike to, to, to the New York area to see our kids, but, but yeah, I like the mystery of the undisclosed I was location to say, better. I, you know.
0: I happen to know you're spending the weekend in Dick Cheney's undisclosed location, which has since been turned into a pool room and discotheque.
1: It could be, you know. That would
0: be something, huh? I happen to know Dick Cheney's huge for Donna Summer. He just loves Donna Summer. Can't get enough. Uh, you so, have
1: an active fantasy life there, Michael. <laughs> I'll
0: yeah. tell you, I an active fantasy life. Is anyone who thinks that whatever the House Republicans vote on is going to go anywhere with the Senate on vacation and President Obama clocked out? What the heck is really going on up on Capitol Hill with the Republicans in the House bill?
1: Well, they want to pass legislation that so they can say and honestly say that, look, we tried to address the problem at the border. It's the Senate Democrats who weren't able to get anything through, and we actually proposed policy changes, past policy changes, that would actually improve uh, policy with regard to the border and the illegal immigrants, and the Democrats just wanted to throw money at the problem. So I sympathize with the House Republicans' desire to have passed something. I think the original bill they were considering had all kinds of problems and split Republicans and set up a situation where you spend the next the four or five weeks of the recess with internal Republican immigration debates. They've uh, thanks to the holdouts yesterday. I gather this morning they've uh, toughened the bill up quite a lot, made it tougher on uh, amnesty, um, tougher on asylum. They've taken the original Cruz um, Blackburn language on repealing the presidential amnesty, the amnesty by executive order, that are blocking any further expansion of it, at least, but also blocking the implementation of it uh, that President Obama has done. So I think they've got a better bill now. I gather the the holdouts have decided to go along. So I think later this afternoon they'll pass legislation. They'll also pass the funding for Iron Dome to help replenish the the rockets the Israelis have used up, uh, you know, shooting down the Hamas rockets. So I think they'll be able to go home on a pretty good note.
0: I don't understand why the strategy wouldn't be once the Senate left and once President Obama went on vacation. Why wouldn't the Republicans just line up and say we're ready to pass something? Everyone else is gone. Look, look at those people. They left the border open. And when you do the math, Bill, five weeks, uh, thirty-five days, three thousand a day. If you include the unaccompanied minors and the and the people who are in their teen, you know, teens and the adults, that's you know a hundred. 1,000-plus illegal immigrants who will come in just during the vacation. Why not focus like a laser beam on the fact that the Democrats have simply, regardless of what you think the right solution should be, have simply bailed on the problem?
1: Yeah, I would have kind of preferred that. and really focus on President Obama and on his past actions. That's why at least this legislation they were going to pass today, if they're passing two pieces of legislation, will focus on his presidential amnesty, and I think will help allow Republicans out in the country to explain what has caused this problem. You know, it's interesting, apparently some of the flow across the border has slowed down a bit, and I think that's because, actually, people in Washington are talking about not having amnesty. You know, when when President Obama did the amnesty and then everyone was talking about amnesty a few months ago, that seemed like the right the right time to come to the U.S. So I think this thing can be turned around pretty quickly. So if you just send the signal, I'm sorry, you're not going to be able to stay here, And I do think House Republicans are basically going to send that signal today.
0: Uh, Are the Senate members not worried at all about paying a price for this, particularly those senators who are in tough re-election bids?
1: Well, I mean, the Republicans are the ones who didn't give it the budget point of order to let it go forward. So they'll blame the Republicans for not letting the money go forward. Ah, uh, for the border, but as you and I know, that money was just to fund existing policies, which is kind of crazy. I think it's more of an inducement to come across the border. I would say, you know, there'll be more uh, um, uh, holiday ins to stay in with flat screen TVs or whatever for the for the for the people who come. So I, I think Republicans have a good argument on that. And there was one vote that Senator Jeff Sessions has really been terrific. I think in this whole uh, debate and fight, Sessions introduced an amendment, was able to get something on the floor basically reversing uh, President Obama's presidential amnesty uh, that went down on a party-line vote. They now have Mark Pryor and Mary Landrieu and Mark Bagich and Mark Udall and all the Democratic senators voting in effect, uh, not in effect, really voting to uphold President Obama's amnesty that has led to this crisis on the border. I think that's a pretty vulnerable vote for those Senate Democrats.
0: Uh, and as you look forward at the where the Democrats are, President Obama on vacation, the border mess as it is, the uh, you know foreign policy as it is, what kind of shape do you think Democrats are in today?
1: You know, I've talked to a bunch of candidates sort of just for random reasons in the last few days, and I am struck they don't want to be overconfident and that God knows they're not counting the chickens before the hatch or anything, but they do feel that in the last week or two The bottom has begun falling out for Democrats. I think the combination of a world in chaos, a border that's just, you know, now looks chaotic in its own right, uh, some new Obamacare problems, Um, I think that Republican candidates for the Senate and the House are in a better environment than they were two weeks ago. And if you look at the polls, President Obama's approval rating is really now pretty much at historic lows in poll after poll when Democratic enthusiasm is low. So I I, don't know, I resist too much optimism in these cases. There are an awful lot of these races who look very close still. A lot of Republican candidates haven't closed the deal, uh, but I think they're in a better position to do so than they were about a month ago. And I've got to say, if they can come back in September, uh, continue to focus on the right answers instead of the wrong answers on immigration, focus on denying the health insurance companies, a taxpayer bailout, I think they'll pass that legislation in the first week of September in the House, uh, and a few other kind of middle american measures that make clear how bad president obama's policies are uh, it could be a pretty strong november
0: yeah if you were president obama and you were trying to give you know the casual democrats a reason to show up what would you be talking about if you were the other team
1: i guess the republicans are crazy they're fanatics they're extremists you can't put them in charge more than they are now they already can block stuff in the house don't get in the senate Uh, And that is thus the, I think, talk about impeachment, which is just so silly, but uh, they do seem to think that'll work for their base. They are really convinced it'll be a base election. Uh, Republicans, I think, are trying to get the swing voters. My experience is whatever party says to itself, okay, it's a base election. We're just going to turn out our guys. That's usually what they say when they look at the polls and see it's pretty horrible. And the best thing they can do is turn out their guys and pray that for some reason the other party screws up. So If Republicans could avoid screwing up too much in the next three months, which is a big if, as you and I know, uh, I think, as I say, it could be a very strong November.
0: Uh, Pretty depressing news out of uh, Israel and Gaza, where my first speculation about the 72-hour ceasefire was, would there be more than 72 rockets fired by Hamas during those 72 hours? We average more than a rocket an hour. It turns out the ceasefire didn't even last two hours. Uh, a three pack a day smoker can go longer without a cigarette than Hamas can go without attacking Israel. It, what are is the consequences for the way America approaches this, seeing uh, 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 ceasefire after ceasefire, ceasefire fail, and pretty much universal agreement that the violence that is ending those ceasefires is coming from Hamas?
1: Yeah, I hope uh, President Obama and Secretary of State Kerry learn a lesson from this, which is the key is not to find to get short term ceasefires. The key is to let Israel crush Hamas here and defeat a terrorist uh, entity. And I think what Israel is going to have to decide, and I'm more inclined to decide now than they would have been you know, 48 hours ago, is not just that they have to go off the tunnels, which they have to do, obviously, and suppress the mi- ability to launch the missiles, which they obviously have to do, but maybe they really need to go in more thoroughly and try to get rid of the uh, Hamas leadership as much as they can, really destroy this sort of infrastructure of Hamas as much as they can. That will be you know, costly in terms of Israeli lives and some innocent Palestinian lives. But I, I just think after this latest incident, very hard for Prime Minister Netanyahu to leave Hamas in place, ruling Gaza. There may be some remnants of Hamas that could end up, I guess, sort of in charge of Gaza. But I think we're going to see a, a much bigger effort now by Israel to just... Destroy the political and military leadership of Hamas.
0: And I just get a sense that the world is kind of sitting on the sidelines, yelling at Israel, saying, Shame on you, don't you do that, but not really interested in stopping Israel from what they're doing. Is the UN, is the US, is anyone else going to step up with a bigger approach, a bigger solution esque kind of proposal? Or are they just going to talk and let Israel clean up the mess?
1: I think they're going to talk and posture and criticize Israel every time an Israeli shell goes astray, or even when it doesn't go astray, and, you know, a Hamas rocket goes astray, then they'll blame Israel, or Hamas obviously puts missiles in civilian areas and hospitals and so forth, and they'll blame Israel, too, when Israel hits back. I think Israel just has to have the attitude now that they don't care what the world says. And I do think, though, you know, it's a small country. They want friends. The U.S. has been the, you know, they need friends and supporters some, Israel, uh, US, the U.S. has been the great friend and supporter. That's why I think it's important that Obama and Kerry get beyond, you know, sounding like slightly better versions of the U.N. and start sounding like real friends of Israel. I think the House, which I think will pass this afternoon, what like the Senate passed I think last night or this morning, this funding to replace uh, some of the uh, parts of, you know, some of the stuff they need for Iron Dome, we'll, that will also be a shot in the arm for Israel, for, I mean, both in, in terms of real... Uh, stuff they're going to get, but and psychologically, too. It shows the U.S. Congress is solidly on Israel's side. The key here is to be on Israel's side in the war on terror, not to be always looking to pressure Israel to fight the war on terror less in a less determined way or finding ways to uh, mediate between Israel and a terrorist organization.
0: One last question, and it, it's a... Uh... Trend that I've noticed the last few weeks, you know, I I do a radio show, and so every day I get these audio services that send me all these audio cuts to consider. And I was looking at my list the last few days, and like three fourths of the news cuts I've been sent are people attacking Republicans, particularly on the issue of immigration, and they they have no heart, and they're evil people, and the media is just. The, the the inability to, to to pass anything Thursday night, having to pull the vote. Look, they're bumbling. They don't know what they're doing, in particular in immigration. And then you look at the polls for immigration bill, and more, there's a, I don't know if it's the highest ever, but it's certainly the highest in recent months of people agreeing with Republicans on this policy and saying you've got to do something. The same with Israel. The media coverage, oh my gosh, it's brutal. And yet again and again, the American people are standing with Israel. And I wonder if this is a case where the facts are so self-evident that it really doesn't matter what the media says, the American people know what they know and they know how they feel about having a border and about defending Israel? Or is this just a sign of how, because the media are so political, because the agenda is so overt that they really have lost their ability to persuade people, look, use this coverage I'm giving you to change your opinion?
1: Yeah, I think the gulf between the liberal mainstream media and the public is greater than it's ever been, and I I totally agree with you on these two issues, actually, immigration and Israel, those are two where you see it the most clearly. The media is uh, anti-doing anything about immigration, it's pro-amnesty, and it's anti-Israel, and the public is anti-amnesty and pro-Israel, and I am struck that the media has intensified its anti-Israel and pro-amnesty efforts in the last few days. The public seems to be moving in entirely the opposite direction and thank god the public is just ignoring the media uh
0: I, I say that as a guy who works in the media talking to a guy who works in the media this, <laughs> I, I don't know if we should close on that note but alas we're out of time i know you've got a uh, you're sitting in the uh back stall at a mcdonald's right now waiting to finish up your burger and fries and get back on the road bill crystal thanks so much for joining us thanks michael and tell dick cheney i said hi and play another uh, last dance last chance by donna summer for me
1: i'll do that michael <laughs>
0: Thanks for listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.